Hi, everyone. Today is, oh, wow, it's July the 6th, 2022. This is our whole life healing program with Dr. Alex and Dr. And Dr. David, um, where we will address all lies matter. And um, so before we hear from them today, they're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to address. I want to show this disclaimer. We are waiting for Alex. And we're also very sorry about last the last couple of weeks, right? I think we missed two weeks in a row. Uh, maybe we did. Or, or something. Yeah, or we, anyway. Anyway, yeah, we're sorry, but we're all back. Um, let me share this disclaimer and then I'll let you guys loose, okay? This presentation is for education and informational purposes only. And since we're going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand this information is not intended to heal or cure anything. Everything in the presentation are the opinions of Dr. Alex Lloyd, Dr. David Peck, myself, or you, maybe if you share. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concerns you may have. All right, guys, it's all yours. I think Thank it's you. just Guy. Oh, there he is, Alex. Here, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you so much, Johanna. And uh, for those of you who are new to us, the good looking guy in the blue scrubs, uh, his name is Dr. David Peck. He's a double board certified surgeon at uh, Columbia Presbyterian, was a professor for two decades plus, uh, 50 clinical papers published, four United States patents. I mean, this guy's um, the top of the ladder in medicine and, and standard science. So um, I'm just still have to pinch myself that he's willing to do this with uh, uh, little old me, but I'm very- I'm a believer, I'm a believer. I know, I know, I know. And uh, so um, today our topic is, uh, I think, a great one. We've, we've talked about uh, depriving yourself and we're sort of shifting to the other side of the railroad track. This was David's idea and a great one, I think, to overindulgence. So Dave, why don't you share your two cents um, and then I'll add a post-it note. Yeah, thanks so much, Alex. You know, what an honor to be working with you, honestly. I mean, the, the guy who's changing the face of, you know, there's others doing this kind of similar thing, but not really exactly. And, and, and leading the way and, and, and uh, perseverance. Oh my God, he's been at this, what, 20 years now and has taken on so much in terms of, I mean, when you're introducing something like this to the standard traditional medical establishment, believe me, I've been in the thick of it for 30 years, honestly, you know, and the science part and the medical part. And, and I'm sorry, there's interest there, you know, there are interests there. And when he's up against something like that, and what we're talking about doesn't cost anything and it works at least in my opinion and many other people's opinions, a world better than, you know, taking this and that, and you know, anyway, like I said before, everyone that goes to the doctors should come out with a, a prescription for the healing coder trilogy. Honestly, we all need this. Okay. Anyway, so overindulgence, I mean, the deprivation and the overindulgence. So 
with me, it's, you know, I look at basically food and sex, you know, that seems like the two main things that, you know, we get, you know, overindulgent. And, and, and I was just one example. I mean, there's many examples in my life where I've been like, like way over this way or totally deprived. It's just like this huge imbalance, but you know, when it comes to food and eating and the culture that I was brought in up in, you know, my parents came from um, the war torn Korea, the Korean war. I mean, they were starving. My father was tell stories about eating one tomato a day and surviving mm -hmm. on that. But you know, what happened is I don't know if it's similar to what with the Jews also, but you know, there was this thing about food and eating and, you know, my mom, you know, and like when I went to my mother-in-law's house, they were just like, you just like force feeding you. And the more you eat, ate, the better you were, like the gooder yeah. the boy you were, you know? And, and there's this also this thing in Korea, you know, about like, you know, it's like a status thing, you know, if you have all this great food. Well, the problem though is, I mean, it's, it's fine not to waste food. That was the other thing. Like we couldn't waste anything. We had to eat every little thing on our plate. That's fine. If you're eating one tomato a day in 1950 during the Korean war, I'm not taking anything away from them. But the thing is, if we're in 2020 or, you know, 1970, 80, 90, we have plenty of food. You know, I'm getting sick eating too much. You know, that's what ends up happening. You overeat and you're getting like force fed and things like that. So, you know, that was the other side of it. So it's like, you know, we were living, I was sort of like living there carelessly. I mean, I got it from my parents, obviously, in 30 years removed from a, or 40, 50 years removed from a situation that di didn't make any sense. So, um, you know, I guess that's one of the, that's the main thing that came to my mind. I'd love to hear, um, Alex, your views on, um, oh, let me just say one other thing. Like, that's the other, the, the control, you know, the control issue is like, you know, we kind of developed this early on and, and I'm looking, I'm wondering if this is potentially, um, you know, the, the, a, a key, to, and I'm sure other people have a lot to say, and you, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this, Alex, the key to something like weight loss, you know, where food and emotional eating, it seems, you know, key, you know, like you just, um, and that's like from the when you're a child and you're in a situation, you're kind of helpless, your mother, your father dragging you around left and right. The only thing that you have is, you know, control of actually is what you put in your mouth, you know, and you see kids like, oh, I'm not going to eat, you know, that kind of thing. Cause they have some control, you know, that's one way of exerting control, but you know, so, and then how the parents kind of control the children with the eating. Now, I, my mom used to sit me down and say, you're going to eat this or you're going to eat right now. <laughs> really do i have to do this and you'd rather not get to an argument you know this is as i'm older now I'm like in college and everything so, okay i'll sit here and eat um uh, so that was the that was the only other thing and then um i guess yeah those are the main things but i'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the you know weight loss and things like that alex because I, you know, yeah. I think it could be really huge yeah i i think there's several issues going on with um um with this, I think I think one of them is um, unhealthy control. One is, like you said, emotional pain, and food is just an outlet for emotional pain. But but Dave, I had a very different reaction to emotional pain. Um, I grew up, uh, you know, before I went to school, I thought my life was idyllic. And then after starting school, I realized 
I was uh, not not real fat, but a little bit overweight to the point that my nickname was Chunky, and they used to make fun of me for being short and and a little overweight and uh, a butch haircut. I was the same by. By the way, short and fat. They, I used to wear husky pants and they'd fun. Yeah, them. yeah, husky. I had to wear husky pants. That's yeah. right. Uh, they, I don't think they have husky anymore. But and I hated husky. I'm glad they got. I rich. know. I know. My but, brother and sister used to make fun of me for that. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just another number. It's not called husky. It's just a, a different size. But anyway, Dave, my, I had one that was very different, and it, and it's that I grew up being made fun of because of my weight. And at about 12 years old, I almost made like a vow to God. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Gone with the Wind, David? I, in pieces, yeah. Well, I anyway, played the music. But yeah. Anyway, one of the most famous movies of all time, and, and probably the most famous line in that four-hour movie, the most quoted, is when Scarlett O'Hara used to be rich and now she's dirt poor and she's hungry. She's just, you know, eating any, anything off the ground. Literally she can get like dirty, dirty carrots that are half rotten or stuff like that, you know, because it's the civil war and they they don't have anything. And there's this iconic scene right before the intermission where she looks up with this steely determination on her face instead of the pain of hunger. And she says, as God is my witness, I will never be hungry again. And then from then on, the rest of the movie, she's lying and manipulating everybody for money so that, so that she won't ever be poor again. Okay, but she was doing it through deception and manipulation and lies and and all that sort of thing. And so even in the movie, you're thinking, yeah, I'm not so sure that's a that was a great vow. Even though you've not been hungry, you sure don't seem at peace or happy at all, even though now you're rich. And that's what happened to me at about 12 years old. I, I basically said the same thing as God. As God is my witness, no one is ever going to make fun of me for being fat again. And I started, and I, I was like obsessed, David. I mean, I started running uh, six to 15 miles every single day. If I got home at midnight, I could not go to bed. I would go run, okay? It, it was a total obsession. I would do hundreds of push-ups a day, hundreds of sit-ups a day. I would hardly eat anything so that, you know, my weight. And, and let me tell you, it worked. No one ever made fun of me for my weight again. But, but the problem, Dave, is, you know, yeah, at first from that, there was this exhilaration because now I'm not being made fun of. Some people seem to like me that didn't. Uh, attractive girls are actually willing to go on a date with me. But now I've got this huge obsession over here that rules every day of my life in fear of, of, of gaining an ounce, of gaining a half an ounce, of gaining, you know, 
a gram almost. It, you know, I, I was almost like an anorexic or bulimic, and even though I never threw up or anything. But anyway, to me, that overindulgence started applying to everything. And so once I got into natural health, David, hey, if, if, if the suggested usage of vitamin C is two a day, four a day's got to be better. If suggested vitamin E is one a day, three a day has to be better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is not at all necessarily true, okay? But it's the way I was living out of this pain, which then took me to an obsession, which then put me into addiction, full addiction. Every day revolved around weight and exercise and girls and, and the social part. And, and I mean, I was in this vicious triangle and I couldn't get out and it almost killed me. Uh, and I finally was able to break that, but it about killed me breaking it. It was, it was so difficult. Um, and, and, and so, yes, it, it, if, you're, if you're in pain and you deal with it any other way except to resolve the issue, you're about to get in trouble. And, and, and the way we typically choose that is not resolving the issue is extreme exercise, extreme eating, extreme something, drugs, alcohol, um, sex, TV, reading, whatever, okay? But we go to extreme. Well, when we go to, the, to that extreme because of emotional pain, we can know the emotional pain's already got my immune system suppressed. All right, because that's what it does. So I'm, I can know if I'm in emotional pain, my immune system is suppressed. And the next step is to distract me from that, from what the real issue is and resolving it to my obsession, habit or addiction. That's my way of coping with it. So to me, it, it can be anything. It can be food, it can be exercise, it can be reading a book. But when out of emotional pain, we do something that is anything other than to try and help resolve the source issue, it's going to make the source issue worse. So, and when that happens, as you know, Dave, when your immune system crashes because of stress, your metabolism goes to heck. Okay, and, and now all of a sudden you're eating fattening foods, but your body, because it's in fight or flight, won't let won't won't let any of the fat go because you're you might need it because you're in a trauma situation. And when you're in a trauma situation, your body keeps fat because you might need that energy to fight or flee or freeze or something later. So yeah, when when this happens. You are out of balance. You know you're stressed and your immune system is suppressed and you're probably about to do a habit or addiction that's your way of coping. And, and it is a predictable pattern. And I've been in that pattern in three or four different things of my life. The exercise was probably the biggest one 
but I've had others. I've had food as one. I've had sex as one. I've had, you know, um, so yeah, I think that overindulgence is a coping mechanism. And we think it's innocent until two years later, we're like, how the heck did I get here? You know, because now things are just worse and worse. And I did that because it helped me cope. But now a year later, I'm way worse than I was when this started a year ago. My coping has actually backfired on me. Okay. So that that's my two cents. If you want to add anything to that before we oh, do yeah. intervention. That's great. I was going to say, say, bring something up again about myself where I had given this story about where my dad kind of humiliated me at a very young age when I showed interest in this girl and was telling him about it, you know, and then as a result of that, I was, I would always avoid that the situation of liking a girl for fear of the humiliation. Yeah. And that, that, it, that, it's sort of a, that's it. it. it yeah. That's exactly. You know, it was excessive. Yeah. David's that's okay. exactly it. Like this girl, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's exactly so. it. Okay. Um, do you want to start with a code? Sure. All right. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is going to be for systemic um, overindulgence. So, okay. And by the way, for systemic overindulgence, I think that would also be the emotional pain that's causing that and your choice to cope rather than deal with the source. It would be for all of that. Nice. Okay. We pray and we, we request that all destructive negative cellular memories, unhealthy habits and addictions, false limiting beliefs, and any relationship issues, related to systemic overindulgence be found, opened, and healed through love, light, truth, and God. Mm -hmm. Amen. And the first position is both hands in the jaw, jaws. The systemic mm -hmm. overindulgence and the pain that we avoid through coping Second position is left hand Adam's apple, right hand bridge. Third position, both hands in the Adam's apple. Fourth position, both hands bridge.
fifth position now, left hand, Adam's apple, right hand, temple. Second cycle now, both hands, jaws. Left hand, Adam's apple, right hand, bridge. Both hands, Adam's apple now, third position. Both hands, bridge, fourth position. Position left hand, Adam's apple, right hand, temple. And back to the first position, both hands, jaws. That completes two cycles. Okay, take a deep cleansing breath from your stomach, please, not your chest. And here we go with custom trilogy, starting with acupuncture points, collarbones, temples, little finger. eyebrows, index finger, under the eyes, thumb, under the nose, side of the hand, middle of the chest, under the arms, index finger, chin, sore spot, 9G, eyes open, closed, open, eyes down to the left, down to the right, circle, circle back. Both hands brainstem, 
for about 30 seconds here. And then left hand brain stem, right hand under the belly button. For about 30 seconds here. All right. Let's move to governing conception vessel activation. And let's do that three times in a row, please. Three times. By the way, if you're lost with what we're doing, there should be a link on here um, to find an instructional video for free of how to do everything we're doing right now. So if you're like, uh, what in the world? You might want to watch that. Okay, now let's go to custom healing centers and start with throat. Please open and harmonize. Forehead. Please open and harmonize. Crown. Please open and harmonize. Middle of the stomach. Please open and harmonize. Base or root, please open and harmonize. Heart, please open and harmonize. And then under the belly button, please open and harmonize. All right, if you wanna add one thing this week that we've not been doing typically, I would cup your palms over your eyes and do the rapid eye stress release um, three times. So let's do it uh, together and stop together. So for about 20 seconds, rapid eye stress release, go. Stop. Deep breath. Again for 20 seconds. Go. Stop. Deep breath. One more time for 20 seconds. Go. Stop. Both hands over the heart, just for about 60 seconds, deep breaths, let it process, check your zero to tens, and then check back in about 30 minutes, because it works at 100% for about 30 minutes. So in 30 minutes, you might be in a very different place than you are now. So I would just be aware of that. And that is it. So, uh, Johanna, do we have any questions?
Okay, we have a hand up. So just this is from Vicky. Um, Vicky, you want to un unmute your line? Yes. Here you are. Hi. Hi, Vicky. Hey, I got a custom code um, the other week, and I was wondering the order. Um, Johanna said to do it with all of the 12 categories. Uh -huh. Now, my base, the primary um, feeling I had, um, false belief was um, being a failure and um, not good enough. So okay. when I'm going through each category, and it has all these specific issues with like love or joy, what am I, what am I focusing on when I say the prayer? I mean, do I do a prayer like we do for the systemic or am I doing three different prayers? And what yeah. am I saying during each one? <laughs> like it says. Yeah. Like, yeah the best to me, the best prayer is the one is just the sincere, natural one from your heart about that thing at that moment. That's the best. Now, after doing that, and that can be five minutes, it can be the whole time you're doing the code, it can be for 30 seconds, it's, it's up to you. But then after that, you can either continue praying, you can relax, you can think about nothing, which by the way is hard to do. Um, you, can, you can just, you know, picture laying under a hammock, you know, on a perfect beach or something like that. Really, really the most the best thing to think about is what is most comfortable for you at that time to think about we tested people with heart rate variability and we said okay think about this and they think about it and we look at their stress but then we say think about whatever feels best to you and that's the one that would significantly increase their heart rate variability um, so that's the best, but try a number of different things. Just try listening to music. Uh, I love listening to a Delta binaural while I'm doing it or, or one of the master key tracks. So yeah, there's not really a wrong way. Dave, do you have any input on yeah, that? I could just, the, the, my, the angle that I'm seeing on the question is that, you know, to use the, uh, the, 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 the different categories, like your primary issue might be in the goodness category that you did, you know, the fear of failure and that kind of thing. But what you'll see is that initial memory, whatever that was, will have parts that are also located in other categories. Right. And then also when you go to the other category, your intention statement would be to, you know, to, un you know, open, uh, open heel, you know, identify the issue that you're working on any any issues related to the category of love say and then as right. you're working that you know i pray that all cellular memories etc unhealthy habits related to the category of love if you don't have anything specific if you have something specific in that quarter category you say you know i have this thing about feeling flawed or something that's related to the not being the failure or whatever it is that you could be specific on that in your intention statement but you know Again, and to echo what Dr. Lloyd is saying, it, the best thing is something that comes purely naturally, that's honest from your heart. That's the thing that's going to be the most powerful because it is very much about intention. 
if you have the right intention going forward, like I really want to heal this, you know, to, you know, et cetera, I want to live in love and, you know, do, and I don't want to have, the, you know, negative emotion. That's what's going to have the power. Okay. I'm sorry. And, and, and one thing that David has said repeatedly, and he's right about that, that is a requirement. You have to want to get better. That if you don't want to get better, pretty much nothing will work. Um, and, and I was told, by the way, by uh, Dr. Ben Johnson, who was an MD, as David is, that if the person doesn't want to get better and they don't believe the medication will work for them, very often it won't work for them. So, um, yeah. And, and I'm going to have to run. Uh, Vicki, did that help? Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, I've got to run. Uh, the lovely and unequal Johanna Chan is going to do customs for those of you who would like them. And uh, thank you so much for being here. We ask you not to follow us on this mission to help people develop emotional well-being, but to do it together with us. Um, so tell Pete if this is beneficial, share it. That's all. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Johanna. Thank you, Thanks, everyone. Alex. Love you. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Johanna. Okay. God bless you guys. Okay.